Hey, before we start, I want to briefly jump in here to preface that in this episode, I'm going to be talking about how you can support someone who can't smell well. If you believe someone you care about might have issues with their sense of smell, then I strongly encourage you to have them see a doctor to get a clinical evaluation. There are lots of different tests that can be done. And once they know where they stand, they can then take the next appropriate steps. Okay? So don't be afraid to nudge them to see a doctor. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to An Aromatic Life. Today I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, something that doesn't get talked about at all. But it's so critically important because it can help so many people. It's the need for a support structure when you have issues with your sense of smell. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you can create a smell squad for people that you care deeply about in your life. Specifically, what I mean is those people who you know who aren't able to smell or maybe have a really weak sense of smell or have smell distortions, even phantom smells. So before you think of turning away because you're saying to yourself, this topic isn't relevant to me. I don't have anybody in my life like that. Everybody I know can smell. Well, to that I say, are you sure? Let me share a statistic with you from the Michael J. Fox Foundation. It just came out. Seven in 10 people are living with smell loss and they don't even know it. Seven in 10 people. That's 70% of the population that doesn't even know they have a problem with their sense of smell. Here's one from the National Institute of Health here in the U.S. So they say that approximately one in eight Americans over the age of 40 has measurable smell dysfunction. So that's up to 13 million people or 12% of the population. And of course, these are just the people that have gone in and gotten tested. Remember, most people don't know they have an issue. That statistic was from 2019, before COVID. It's so hard to find reliable statistics, honestly. It's a big problem. At any rate, so I looked for COVID stats and learned that nearly 15 million adults worldwide may have long-term smell problems because of COVID. That's according to the British Medical Journal. But there's so many other ways you can have issues with your sense of smell besides COVID. For example, Poor smell can come from environmental toxin or work-related toxin exposure. Think about how many of us have had a summer of poor air quality because of wildfires or ongoing smog, just poor air quality on a daily basis. Or it could be a chemical spill or living near a plant that's continually emitting toxins. That kind of exposure can have a real impact on your sense of smell. Smoking is another big one. Do you know anyone in your life that smokes or taking medications? Think about how many people in your life are taking medications. Depending on what they're taking, that can have an impact on their sense of smell. You can also have issues if you have an autoimmune disease or you're going through cancer treatment. Maybe you know someone who has a neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. Simply aging causes your sense of smell to naturally decline. If you have a family member who's over 60, there's a 50% chance that they have a poor ability to smell. If they're over 80, that chance goes up to 75%. Okay, so my aim with this episode is not to scare you. 
No, it's actually the opposite. I want you to feel good about what you can do to help someone in your life who might have an issue with their sense of smell and could use help in really concrete ways. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I hope you'll stick around because I'm going to share lots of great tips. And after listening, if you feel like this information can help someone else you know, then send them the link to this episode. We want to create as many smell squads as possible. So let's get started. Enjoy learning about how to create a smell squad for those who have an issue with their sense of smell. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Kagalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. So I talk to a lot of people who have issues with their sense of smell. And what strikes me the most is the enormous burden they have to carry every single day. The constant vigilance. Do I smell bad? Does my breath stink? Has this food gone off? and I'll get sick? What if I burn the house down because I can't smell the smoke? Then there's the emotional roller coaster. Will anyone notice that I can't smell? Why can't I smell what others are smelling? Why does my food have to taste so bad? Am I missing an experience? It's every single day. Think about that. It's relentless, and it affects their health and well-being. Most people are managing their smell dysfunction on their own, And because it's invisible, their lived experience is incredibly isolating. I would argue even with caring family and friends, the burden still lies mostly with them to navigate a world that's geared towards smellers. But that's what we're going to start changing. I ask myself, why can't we smellers help shoulder some of that load? Take some of the heavy bricks off? We're all in this together. Nobody should have to go it alone. Let's lift each other up. Let's release some of the burden. We'll all be better for it. There are things that we, those of us who can smell, there are things we can do. They're not even hard. It's all about creating what I call a smell squad. So let's talk about what that means. What is a smell squad exactly? Good question. In a nutshell, a smell squad is a group of people squad, right, who are able to smell well and who are committed to supporting a person living with issues with their sense of smell, helping them on a daily basis. I mean, people who are truly committed to helping carry some of the load. So the burden of living with a smell dysfunction isn't only on them. The allyship shows up through listening, learning, really understanding empathizing and advocating on their behalf every single day. So it's precisely because you can smell that lets you be the missing link to help lighten the load so this person that you care about can feel safer, more connected, healthier, 
and emotionally well. So who should be in the smell squad? Let's talk about that. So you don't need a lot of people, really. At least two. We're talking about a squad here, a team, right? So if you can have upwards of six or even eight of you, that's even better. Because the more people, the more you can distribute the load, right? We're all busy. We all have our own things going on. And a squad allows more people to help this person. And there's something about a group of people all on the same mission to help one person that I find really inspiring. At any rate, you want to focus on getting the right people together, those who are really committed to this person's health, safety, and well-being. So I recommend you start with family and friends who the person interacts with on a daily basis, people they live with or check in with regularly. But they can also include colleagues they might work with daily or community members, maybe people at their place of worship or the community center that they hang out at. It's really about people they interact with consistently. In fact, having a variety of points of contact based on the person's daily life makes for a really good balance and helps distribute the load. It also means the burden isn't solely on family and really close friends. You just want to broaden the circle. Okay, let's talk about the different roles the Smell Squad members can have. There are four different types of members you want to have in the Smell Squad. Let's go through each of them. The first type I like to call the monitors. So this is at least one person, ideally more, who acts as the safety shield. So here you can start by enlisting people they might live with. The monitor or monitors have various jobs. You want to choose one really reliable person to act as the food and drink monitor. This person is going to regularly smell all the fresh foods and drink in the refrigerator so that they don't have to think about it at all. That burden of always worrying that the meat or milk might have gone off, that's going to be lifted because the food and drink monitor has it all under control. They can simply trust that what's in the fridge is safe to eat and drink. Then, depending on how many people they live with, either ask the same person or another person, again, to help distribute the burden. We're always trying to distribute the burden. You want to have this person be the designated air monitor. So the air monitor is solely tasked with regularly smelling the air and keeping alert for smoke, for any burning smells or gas leaks. And this air monitor is really vigilant when the person who can't smell is cooking or using the toaster or cleaning the house because some cleaning products can have toxic fumes if you're not careful. Remember, we smellers take a lot of things for granted. Our nose is always on alert, and we don't have to think about it. But if you can't smell well, those cues are missing. All right, so the final monitor in the smell squad is going to be a body monitor. This person is going to regularly, I mean daily, keep a nose on their personal hygiene. So making sure their antiperspirant is working, or they don't have bad breath, or their feet aren't stinky. Anything body-related. Again, we smellers take all of this stuff for granted. But when you can't smell, you don't know if there's an issue, 
and it can cause anxiety. So the job of the body monitor is going to help lift this burden, help remove some of the anxiety. Now, if the person lives alone, it's a little different. Yes, you could assign someone to come by regularly and check on the food, the milk, the air, the person's hygiene, but it's not going to be as reliable, right? Nor is it practical, which means the monitors and the smell squad are going to be different. So for food and drink, for example, the monitor is going to have to be high-quality food and drink manufacturers. While those aren't actual people, they're companies, of course, the foods and drinks that they buy still become part of the smell squad in a way. The person with the smell dysfunction, living on their own, is going to want to buy only foods and drinks from brands that clearly indicate an expiration date. That's a pretty good way to gauge how fresh the foods and drinks are, and it'll act as a nose, if you will. Now, I know in the UK this is becoming a huge problem these days because grocers are getting rid of expiration dates. Their argument being that it's to help reduce food waste. Well, these companies aren't your allies. Choose those that are. Now, if you're listening to this and you know you have a smell dysfunction, I'm aware you're already living this way. You're doing these things. But this is exactly the point. I want you to enlist people to help you. So you're not the only one left to constantly check. It's a huge drain and it doesn't have to be. So whether you yourself can't smell and live by yourself, or you're able to smell and you know someone who might have an issue, someone who lives by themselves, use expiration dates as a first line of monitoring. And as a smeller, if you live nearby, maybe stop in regularly and offer to smell what's in the fridge for them. Or better yet, buy them the groceries that have the expiration dates. My point is, make it a team effort. Okay, now for those who live alone, how do you enlist an air monitor? Well, in this case, again, it's not a person, but rather a thing. It's going to be the smoke and gas detectors. They become part of the smell squad. Place them in strategic places in the, in the person's home. Make sure to check the batteries regularly. And for even greater reassurance, you might want to switch any gas appliances to electrical units if you can. Now, lastly, for body monitors, this is harder. All I can suggest is to have them, first of all, use an antiperspirant, not a deodorant, because that will give added protection. As a smeller, you can recommend brands that you like and that you know work well for you. Now, I do want to briefly talk about when the person with a smell dysfunction is away from home. People spend a considerable amount of time outside the home every day, right? especially for work. So here it's good to enlist another smelling person to join the smell squad. A trustworthy person or two who can be their food, drink, air, and body monitor in very specific ways. For example, by sharing recommendations on foods to bring or avoid in your lunchbox. So no smelly tuna sandwiches. Or reminding them not to heat up leftover curry in the microwave. And a person who can be really honest about personal hygiene. You know, be that person who slips them a breath mint or antiperspirant as needed. Things like that. People you really trust. So those are the monitors in the smell squad. For food and drink, for the air, and for the body. Having the person who can't smell know they can rely on 
two, three, even four people to be their monitors so they can feel that much safer, that's huge. And we smellers can do that for them. We can help be their safety shield. Hey, just jumping in here quickly because I'm really excited to share that I've just launched something brand new. It's called the Smell Gym. This is the place to exercise your sense of smell. I've got online classes for everyone, no matter your ability to smell or not to smell. As you know by now, I'm really passionate about our sense of smell, and I want everyone to have the healthiest, most robust ability to smell possible. I invite you to go to my website, smellgym.com, and check out what might be the best fit for you. Okay, let's talk about the second type of Smell Squad member you want to enlist. I call these people connectors. If you think about it, smelling is a lot about connection, about intimacy, about bonding. So when the person you care about can't smell well, their ability to connect is affected, which means they'll need new strategies using their other senses to feel comforted. This is where the Smell Squad can come in and help. You want to enlist at least one person, ideally more, who can act as a connector. Ideally, this is a person who lives with them or a person who can be reached by phone or text. So let's start with the people they might live with. If they're fine with being touched, then enlist a person living with them to give hugs several times a day. This person is the hugger in chief. I know this might seem odd, but touch is a wonderful stand-in for the subconscious bonding that scent provides. And this simple act, a few times a day, can do wonders. And as an added bonus, have this person tell them how wonderful they smell when they hug them. Maybe use two to three positive adjectives to describe their scent. For example, you smell so good, or don't you smell magical? It's a simple gesture a few times a day that can go a long way. Really, get a hugger in chief in the smell squad. All right, then another important connector in the smell squad is the describer. Ideally, this is another person in the house to distribute the responsibilities, but it can be the same person as the describer. This person, as you can guess, is going to be responsible for describing smells. I know this can be a hard role for many because we're not taught to describe smells. But the descriptions don't have to be fancy or complicated. More times than not, you'll find a linguist or a writer in the crowd, somebody who you know, who enjoys using words. So many people I talk to who have a smell dysfunction say they'd love it if people describe smells for them so they can be more a part of the experience, so they can feel connected, right? For example, if the person who can't smell well is celebrating a special occasion, maybe it's a holiday, a birthday, whatever celebration, there's always a meal involved, right? A really delicious, memorable, and often nostalgic traditional meal. So the describer can help dimensionalize the eating experience for the person who can't smell well. They can use words from our other senses, whether that be sight, sound, or touch words. They can use words to describe the aroma of the dish, 
and the flavor of the food. You know how this helps the person who can't smell well? It makes them feel more a part of the entire experience. They feel more deeply connected. The descriptions can often help them recall their own scent memories, which help them to connect with the past. Or maybe even more importantly, it connects them to the present, allowing them to envision being a smeller again. So it's a really wonderful thing. Okay, so we have two connectors already, the hugger and the describer. We want to enlist one more connector. This person I like to call the checker. So this person doesn't live with the person who can't smell. You're enlisting someone outside of their home. So this person is responsible for calling or texting daily, simply to check in. That can mean sending a simple text saying, I'm thinking of you, or it can be a longer conversation by phone. Why is this person so important? Well, they're not asked to do something related to smell per se. Why would they be in the smell squad, you wonder? Well, that's because what you might not realize is that having a smell dysfunction can be incredibly isolating and lonely. It's an invisible condition. So being there for emotional support is so important. That's the role of the checker. They're checking in by phone or text every day, seeing how the person is, and letting them know they have someone they can lean on who they can count on for anything. So those are the connectors in the smell squad for hugs, for describing, and for well-being. Having the person who can't smell know they can rely on, again, two, three, four or more people to be their connectors can make them feel comforted, which again is huge. And we smellers can do that for them. We can be their connectors. All right, so let's talk about the third type of smell squad member you want to enlist. I call these people accountability partners. So what you have to understand is that there are several health factors at stake when you can't smell. One is that it becomes harder to maintain good nutrition because you're relying more heavily on your sense of taste. And taste only gives you sweet, salty, bitter, sour and umami, right? That's not a lot of depth in the eating experience when you can't access your sense of smell. The other health area is olfactory health, working to regain some ability to smell. So first you'll want to assign one person to be the eating partner. I don't mean someone who eats with them. No, in this case, this person's sole job is to simply hold the person who can't smell well accountable and make sure they eat. Sounds so simple to us smellers, right? But when you can't smell, you often forget to eat. You see, our sense of smell helps stimulate our appetite. And when we don't have access to it, often we forget to eat. And that doesn't help keep you healthy, right? As the eating partner, you can live with them or not. It doesn't matter so much. They just need to check in with a person to make sure they're eating regularly. So you can even do that by text. Of course, what they're eating is important for health as well, right? So we'll need another accountability partner in the smell squad that I like to call the nutrition partner. This person is responsible for ensuring that when they do eat, they're consuming well-balanced, nutritious, 
and enjoyable meals. Your eating partner and nutrition partner can be the same person, but if you can get more people in the smell squad, the better. This nutrition partner ideally lives with them, but they don't have to. They can simply check in by text or phone. Either way, they're being held accountable, and the burden to always remember doesn't solely lie with them. Now, if this person is doing smell training, then you can add another accountability partner to their smell squad, someone I like to call the smell training buddy. This person is responsible for briefly checking in to make sure they're doing the smell training two times a day. Again, it doesn't matter if this person lives with them or not. What's important is that they're empathetic and encouraging because smell training is tedious and staying motivated can be hard. So in order to keep momentum and to really see it through, the smell training buddy in the smell squad is there even when sessions are missed and provides encouragement to continue on. So those are the accountability partners in the smell squad for ensuring they eat it all and that they eat in a nutritious way and for smell training. Having the person who can't smell know they can rely on two to three people to act as their accountability partners so they can be healthy, that's important. Here again, we can do that for them, we smellers. We can be their allies in health. All right, so let's talk about the fourth and final type of smell squad member you can enlist. I call these people the joy patrol. If you remember, our sense of smell is highly linked to the emotional centers of the brain. And when we don't have access to our sense of smell, we need other simple reminders of emotionally rewarding experiences. So as part of the joy patrol, you're going to assign one to two people to be delighters. It doesn't matter if these people live with them or not. The delighters only role is to give the person a moment of delight every day. So what can that look like? Well, if you can meet in person, maybe go for a daily walk, enjoy a bike ride, meet up for coffee, maybe catch a movie. Of course, if you can't meet in person, you can stay connected by email, by phone or video chat. So the delighter can send memorable photos, funny jokes, inspirational quotes, or simple memes. Anything that for a moment in the day will give them gratitude and appreciation for the things they can enjoy. Not least of which is having a treasured friend or family member. And that's it. Four types of people, the monitors, the connectors, the accountability partners, and the joy patrol. The bigger the squad, the better. From ensuring safety and comfort to providing emotional support and encouragement, if you can gather a smell squad for the person in your life who has issues with their sense of smell, well, you're not only concretely helping to lighten their heavy burden of daily life without the ability to smell, but more importantly, collectively, you'll be showing that you love and care for this person deeply. For as the Roman poet Ovid said, the burden becomes light that is shared by love. I hope you found this episode helpful. Please share it with people who you believe might benefit from the information. 
Let's create smell squads everywhere. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.